Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network for giving me this opportunity to bring you this show every week. Violet Reiki Radio is on every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And uh, here we talk about all things Reiki, the uh, discovery of Reiki, um, its roots, the practice of Reiki, um, the founder of Reiki and all different uh, types of Reiki, many things that the founder of Reiki, Mikao Sui, was interested in during his life. He was a very um, robust, passionate, ever-seeking human being, lively man, and his interest in things spanned the globe. He was interested in everything. He was an accomplished martial artist. He was very interested in religion, philosophy. He loved metaphysics and all that it had to offer. Um, sociology, history, everything. He, his interests had really no limits. And we, those who are uh, blessed to practice Reiki and having learned from our Reiki masters and down the line in the lineages, we're blessed to have all of this knowledge in a way trickle down to us because as we go through Reiki, as we learn Reiki, as we learn about the discovery of Reiki, the founder, the roots, the practice of Reiki, the different things that really influenced Mikaosui's um discovering of this wonderful energy of Reiki. We learn as well many different facets. So um it's a really great thing. I know that because when I discovered Reiki I thought this is fantastic. Have to tell the world about this, have to tell everyone about this. And I have to teach this. So um, that was a while ago. That was 11 years ago. And I have been teaching Reiki ever since. And I teach Usui Reiki Ryoho. I teach Karuna Reiki. And I also teach the Japanese traditional Reiki known as Komyo Reiki Kai. Um, As Some of you know, some of you may not know, and you'll learn now. Reiki is a universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. It's an intelligent energy. The Reiki energy, having a wisdom of its own, knows what healing and balancing needs to be done in all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing 
an instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, personal, and spiritual development. And um, just to let you know, if you have any questions about Reiki, feel free to check out my website, and that is www.violetrosereiki.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can send me an email at rose at violetrosereiki.com. And it could be anything uh, regarding Reiki, questions on Reiki. I'm here to answer them. Um, You can also find me on Facebook under Violet Rose, Violet Rose Reiki. And uh, feel free to PM me on Facebook. Ask me whatever you need to know, whatever you want to know, what have you. And I also have on Facebook a page is now going to be three years old this July called Reiki Ward. And Reiki Ward was developed so that we could give distance healing to anyone, wherever, globally. Reiki Ward was trying to provide this distance Reiki healing for free for humans and animals all over the world. Reiki Ward does two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. And we also place your requests on our healing crystal grid for 24-7 energy work and healing. And uh, every so often we'll post a picture of the grid so you'll know what it looks like. And you can ask for Reiki healing for yourself. You can ask for Reiki healing for your neighbor, your um oh you know, family members, your pets, your friends' pets, whoever. I mean anyone and anybody you can think of wherever they are, you can request healing for. So um check it out. If you go on Facebook in the search bar and search for um Reiki Ward or type in Reiki Ward page, you will definitely find it. And um, enough about me and what I have to offer you guys. The call-in number this evening, if you'd like to call in and ask a question of myself or even make a comment about Reiki, if you're a Reiki practitioner or or a teacher, is 347-677-0699. And uh, just feel free to give us a call and we love to speak to guests when they call in and um, we love to engage in a little chat with you because the chat room it's a little difficult to chat in the chat room as I am all by myself here so without further ado my guest this evening is Patricia Penner she is a Reiki master teacher crystal healer she is an Asuri Reiki and Karuna Reiki Master Teacher. She also is a Crystal Reiki Master, Crystal Healer, and Intuitive Life Career Coach, and Intuitive Grief Coach. And Patty has been in the Reiki business now for over 10 years and just recently got into the coaching business after a client told her, that she was already doing it, she might as well get some training and accreditation. She's also a certified angel card reader through Hay House and one of my favorites, Doreen Virtue. I, uh, let's see, she has a Reiki Facebook group and she writes a bi-weekly Reiki and crystal healing newsletter and a blog. She's a busy lady. We've got to find out how she does all of this being human. <laughs> And she has a Facebook group, and there are two pages. And, um, wow, let's get her on here. Her website is www.heart-light-reiki.com. And uh, let's bring Patty on. Hi, Patty. Hi. Good Hi, Ray. Hi. Good evening. Thank you 
so much for being here tonight. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just reading all these things you do, Patty. I want to know how you do this. (laughs) Where do you find the time? Oh, I have a clone. (laughs) Oh, my God. You need minions. Do you have minions? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I just blog what I write on my newsletter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're different vehicles, same message. It takes some of the stress away. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. So I want to know the actual, you know, we asked the the down and dirty questions here. How did you come to Reiki? Uh, Well, it's kind of a long story, but I'll try to make it shorter. Um, Okay. I was very, very ill. For 10 years after a miscarriage and an exposure, uh, exposure to tons of pesticides and almost died. And um, the one thing that helped me was learning Tai Chi. I just had this knowing that if I if I could do Tai Chi, that somehow it would help me, and it did. And um, at that time, I had a knowing that I was supposed to teach that, and as I was learning um, how to teach Tai Chi and going to the classes every week, one of the other students had just become Reiki. And she invited us all to come to her house for um, a sample session. And um, I was fascinated by it and, um, you know, kind of filed it away as something I wanted to look a little bit more into. But when my teacher retired shortly thereafter, um, she said, who wants to teach my class? And I said, I do. And she said, why? And I said, because I, you know, I, I know it helped me and I want to help other people. And she said to me, did you know that when you teach Tai Chi that you're doing healing work? And I was kind of shocked. And I said, no, I didn't know that. And it's actually a form of traditional Chinese medicine Mm-hmm. And I realized that, oh, I guess I'm a healer. So all of a sudden, I decided if I'm a healer, then I should do Reiki. It's very odd how that happened. And I found a teacher, and bing, bang, boom, I was Reiki. Wow. Cool. <laughs> yep. It's amazing the way everyone comes to Reiki. I love hearing the stories because mm-hmm. we all have different yet similar stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I came to Reiki because I had back issues and I took a, uh, I thought I was going for a session, but I wound up going for a level one class. It was really confusing. And it was kind of like, that's what happens when spirit guides you to the point where they kind of take you by the shoulders and, okay, you think you're doing this, but you're doing this because this is what we want you to do. So your original idea gets switched around, but, like, you don't even know it. And then you go, oh, okay. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, well, I definitely was sold on it after the level one class because I began doing daily treatment. And then uh, I went on, you know, the daily treatment worked so well. And uh, I went on to level two. And in level two, it hit me. My grandfather used to do healing. And of course, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't Reiki because it came. He came to this country before Reiki was discovered, but Reiki was discovered like maybe ten years later. But the the thing he was doing it was energy healing because um, the people in Brooklyn used to bring their babies to him, and he'd hold the baby in his left arm, and he'd pass his right hand over the baby, and he would pray while he did this. But I think with the hand over the over the child, that was kind of like a scanning thing that he did. I mean, I wasn't around back then. I'm going by the stories my aunt and my dad told me. Uh-huh. And, when, and when that popped into my mind in a level two class, I'm like, you know, I guess I'm supposed to be doing this. So like you said, you had a knowing that you're supposed to do this. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I also had a knowing after I became Reiki that I needed to teach it. Right, right. Yeah. Amazing. So then you did mm-hmm. the and then you went on to learn the Karuna. Yes. Okay. 
Now, tell me a little bit about this crystal healing and crystal Reiki master. Well, um, I've always been fascinated with stones. I used to, as a kid, just pick up stones all the time and hang out in a rock shop. And um, I actually, uh, when we came to Wisconsin about 11 years ago, was working in a, excuse me, a spiritual bookstore where they sold a lot of crystals. And I'm working in this rock shop, in in the shop, sorry, and there are crystals everywhere. And I started buying crystals like crazy. (laughs) And and so then they started offering crystal classes. Uh So I actually had the crystal teacher coming to my house and giving the classes. And uh, so I took crystal healing from her. I took crystal healing from another person. And one of the last classes we did was Crystal Reiki Master. And it's just a very different form of of Reiki. Um, It has its symbols, just like Karuna and Usui. And, um, you know, it's different ways of working with the energy. So I incorporate crystal healing in my Reiki sessions. Yeah. See, I use crystals if I'm instructed to. You know, spirit says, get crystals, use the crystals. I do it. But uh, I'm seeing this a lot lately, you know, crystal healing, crystal Reiki. And I've been looking at it thinking, well, maybe, we'll see. But um, so far I'm pretty pretty, uh, stocked with Reiki. I don't know if I want to keep going. (laughs) Um, Now, another thing, you go on and said somewhere in your bio that you uh, got into the coaching business because the client told you that you had already been doing it? Yes, I'm sort of um, unique, I think, in in the kind of sessions I do. It's typical for me to spend three or four hours with the client. Um, We do a lot of talking during the session, um, you know, before the session, after the session. So we could be talking for an hour and a half, two hours before we actually get to the session. Right. So um, one of my clients who was actually a coach said, you know, you might want to consider looking into being a coach because you're already doing it. The interesting thing about the coaching is I am an intuitive life-slash-career coach, an intuitive grief coach. So um, as you know, uh, whatever gifts and talents you have in this lifetime, Reiki enhances them. And I had, I guess, a little bit of intuitive going on. And after I became Reiki, uh, I was hearing things and seeing things and knowing things. And the longer that I have been Reiki and the more uh, training that I've done in Reiki and the more people that I've worked on, the more those abilities have enhanced to the point where I also talk to dead people during sessions or I'm excuse me they're saying people in spirit and um <laughs> and they give me messages and I get people's power animals and and so forth so um I was very frustrated by the fact that sometimes I would get a lot of information on a client and sometimes I would get no information or little information. And when I looked into this intuitive uh, coaching business, I found out that they do a specific uh, mantra meditation that enhances your intuitive abilities. And now when I work with clients in that work and do this meditation beforehand, I can immediately connect with guides and spirits and bring in information anytime I want. Now, question, how do yes. you, see, because I, you know, I was born with natural intuitive psychic abilities from when I was a baby, and I shut it all down because people in my early teens were saying, you hear voices? I'm like, yeah, and you see auras, and yeah, and they're like, oh, don't tell anybody that, they'll lock you up, throw the key away, I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, this is like almost uh, 50 years ago, and um 
I said, okay, we shut that in the closet, and then, you know, it would come out every once in a while, and then, of course, when I when I got attuned to Reiki, um, it was like, oh, here we go again, the energies are flowing, and, you know, it's, it's a yeah. good, yeah, it's a good maybe, I'd say, five years or so now that people are finally, you know, and it's like, it's thanks to the Ghost Whisperer, John Edwards, Teresa Caputo, all these people, these famous people, James Van Prague, you know, that yeah. psychics, intuitives, and, and our ilk, uh, is, are being <laughs> embraced instead of shunned. And But in the beginning, when I used to get messages for people, how did you tell people that, you know, how did you get the message across? Because myself, I started sounding more and more like the ghost whisperer. I'd say to the person after their session, um, you know, I have this gift and I have to tell you, you know, because I didn't want them to go running out of the, the office like a screaming Mimi. Right. <laughs> so how did, you get it, how did you get it over to them that, you know, hey, you know, Spirit wants to talk to you and I'm the channel and here it is. Here's the message. That's a very good question. Um, well, I think a lot of the people that that have come to me over the years are intuitives in the first place. Like most of my students are highly intuitive. Some of them even more than more so than myself. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like foreign to them. Oh, good. And I would just say whatever was going on. If I was seeing colors, if I was you know hearing uh, messages, if I was um, being given information about their power, what their power animal was, or what crystal they needed to have, or that kind of thing. Or if I had someone's crossed over loved one in the room telling me, um, you know, something happened here with prescription drugs, and uh, finding out that this person has an addiction to prescri- prescription drugs. So I just sort of given the information, but I also preface it with, you know, John Edwards, Teresa Caputo, James Van Prague, they're all going to tell you that none, none of the information that they get is always 100% accurate. Take it with a grain of salt, you know, kind of file what doesn't work sort of thing. So I right. always preface it with that, that even if I'm going to give you information, I can't guarantee it's correct. Right, and then there's what they call psychic amnesia, um, you know, where a psychic <laughs> will tell you something, they deliver the message, and, you know, you know in the back of your subconscious that that happened or that that makes sense, but when the person is telling this to you, delivering the message, you go, no, I don't know, no, no don't mean nothing to me, and... Yes. <laughs> That that presented itself to me with a colleague. We were both doing a fundraiser, and she was the the gallery uh, psychic and medium, and I was like the the door prize person. And she said to me, she brought my mom through, and and everything was like bam, 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 yes, yes, yes. And then she said to me something about a hospital bed. And well, my mom had been in the hospitals, but I couldn't really think of the significance of the hospital bed. And um, I told her, I said, well, lots of hospitals. She's like, yeah, no, but talking about the actual, the bed. And do you know, three days after that, that sitting, that event, I woke up and it hit me in the head. I'm like, I know what, what was coming through. That was my mom's way of saying, I like her new bed because <laughs> I had to buy everything new after I had a house fire and I got one of those Tempur-Pedic beds that go up and down. Oh my god. And when and when I purchased it, I remember saying to myself, "Oh, my mother would love this." <laughs> <laughs> so it clicked 3 days after the fact, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I always tell my clients to just file it. If they don't get it, and let me know if it happens, something happens later. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. And if people come to you and ask you for an angel card reading, do they call you and say, Patty, want you to do an angel card reading for me also? Uh, when I first became an angel card reader, a lot of my clients and friends would, you know, come over and we'd do a reading. I don't get that much request for it. I uh-huh. am trying to bring it back a little bit because I also I do the angel uh, tarot deck and several other a lot of other Doreen's decks, 
Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of trying to incorporate it into a reading by just giving them a freebie to, you know, try it out. But I don't really have that much call for it, so it's not like I'm doing that on a regular basis. I'm doing more of the coaching and the sessions and the Reiki classes. Right, right. And uh, would you say you're teaching about half Usui and half Karuna, or there is, or is there more call for one over the other? Um, I'm not actually teaching Karuna at this time. I had to retake the master teacher training because I wasn't trained properly the first time around Uh and how to do the attunement. So Mm -hmm. I am in the process of working on um, getting the Karuna classes together. So I I will tell you there's some interesting thing that came up with that. Uh, When I became Karuna, I was told that you had to be a Reiki master for a year before you could take Karuna Reiki training. Uh-huh. And by Reiki master, uh, I was it was not explained to me Reiki master teacher, not just Reiki master, which in my right. lineage we de- we delineate that. So after I retook this training a few week a few months ago, I realized that anyone who's Reiki master can do level one and two. But in my opinion, only those who have been Reiki master teachers, um, is it appropriate for them to be taking the master, the Karuna Reiki master and the Karuna Reiki master teacher classes. Because of the fact that you need to have some um, experience previously in attuning people. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. that actually narrows the the uh, population that's going to be doing that training because, you know, like there's a lot of people who are level one and two, possibly just Reiki master practitioners, but there's definitely a lot less people who are Reiki master teachers. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And over the yeah. past 11 years, I've seen that myself. I have tons of level one and twos. I have a right. few masters. They've gone to mm-hmm. my lineage breaks at master. There's A and B. So they've, mm-hmm. they've taken the A and they are Reiki masters, but mm-hmm. haven't gone the next uh, level to B to become Reiki master teachers. As a matter of fact, right. I have not yet attuned any uh, of my Reiki masters to the teacher level. So, um, no, no, Usui. And, and, and Karuna, honestly, I have no Karuna students at all. No one, since I took Karuna, which was many years ago, uh, Hmm. not one person has come to me and said, I want to learn Karuna Reiki. Hmm. And it's weird because on my website I have a whole page dedicated to Karuna Reiki, and but wow. they haven't. Yeah, they just no one's expressed an interest. So, well, I have attuned two people, and I have another one that's that is interested. She's one of my Reiki Master Teacher students, and um, so I have people who are interested. Uh, and our, and I know there are a few that are kind of waiting for me to uh, to launch the classes soon. But um, again, again, it narrows the field of who can do the upper levels of training because it, beca- as I said, it became very apparent to me that you should not be um, doing the upper levels of Karuna training unless you're a Reiki master teacher and already experienced with doing attunements. Well, that only makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It's the same thing with Komio. You cannot uh, take Komio Reiki Kai unless you are a Reiki master teacher. Mm. So you have to have that Mm. in place first. Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, understand that. I understand that because you need to have – already been channeling that higher energy for a while. I understand that. Right. But right. yeah, it is interesting about the Karuna and I think the other uh, the woman who just recently retrained me um also was having that issue of not having that many people interested in Karuna. So it's a shame because Karuna is so amazing. That is the other thing about Karuna is um when 
you know, all my clients who I was doing Usui with, once they had Karuna, they don't want to go back to Usui. That's odd. So, I beg your pardon? um, I said, that's odd, but, you know, everybody does their own thing. And uh, certain people gravitate to certain styles, you know? Yeah. Well, to me, the, the 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 whole thing is that Haruna's is much more, and I hate to use the word, so I'm just going to say intense. It's more intense. Uh, uh, the sessions are more intense. It, you know, you could say powerful, but we like to say intense so we don't sound like, you know, the latest wash powder or something. But the sessions are much more intense. The releases are stronger and more often. People go out, like, right away in Karuna versus Usui, so um, See, that's practicing something that, both, I don't find that. I do not find that. Really? I cannot honestly huh. say that I find Karuna Reiki to be more intense, more powerful, more potent, better huh. than, whatever you want, adjective you want to use, um, huh. I don't find, I don't find it. And, you know, a lot of no. times it has to do with the practitioner and not the method of Reiki because, let's face it, Patty, you know as well as I do, if you have a practitioner who is not doing daily (coughs) self-treatment and Mm -hmm. is not doing their precepts, is not doing the meditation, is not being Reiki on a daily basis, their energy is their Reiki energy when they practice is not really going to be as potent as someone who practices it daily, as someone who is really, quote, being Reiki. Like, yes. I can tell you, I had a Reiki session from Francina of the International House of Reiki that blew me mm. away. Not mm. only did the session blow me away, and he was using a sui Reiki. Um, when we met up with him in 2012 at the New York City Reiki Conference. Mm-hmm. Franz was on the stage and he was sitting there and he was sending Reiki out to us in the audience. <laughs> the ripples of energy that were coming off of him were unbelievable. Wow. And I mean, this this is a person who practices Reiki 24-7. He does a lot of meditations and mantras and he's he's really studied further with um you know masters in japan and mm. somebody who dedicates themselves to energy or to mm-hmm. you know making it that much you definitely feel it so i think kind of it's the person and their practice more than the method interesting but, you know, you'll hear it about everything. I heard that Shambhala Reiki was even, you know, more powerful. They have all these different kinds of Reiki. And and it's like, I, I look at this and I've been saying, now I, I think it lies within the practitioner, not hmm. so much the method of Reiki. But who knows? Well, I have a friend who's writing a book right now on healers, and that is her premise. That it's not about the method; it's about the person is just a healer, and that's just all there's to it. That's true. So the, all the other stuff is just what they do. So who knows? Yeah. Ah, uh, that's going to yeah. be great. When is when is she anticipating that book coming out? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> that book's been in the work for the works for a couple of years now. I can ask oh, her, but uh, okay. her name is uh, Daria Boisana. And uh, I actually was doing some editing work for her in that book, and it's going to be pretty amazing. Cool. Looking forward to it. As a matter of fact, Franz has a book coming out in August. I wish I could remember the name of it. He just announced Mm. it. And, Mm. uh, yeah, let me see. Let me think. Let me see if I can remember. Uh, Oh, yeah, August. It's The Inner Heart of Reiki by Franz Stina. And that's coming out. And definitely... Make a note, check the, you know, Amazon, because The Inner Heart of Reiki by Francina is going to be yet another one of his wonderful books. And um, I can't wait. I really can't wait. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's wow. something I wanted to do. Intuition. Yes, you had mentioned intuition. Mm-hmm. 
I know, I mean, I tell my students, yes, there are hand positions. And Usui had five hand positions. And then uh, Sensei Hayashi came up with more hand positions. Mm -hmm. And we're all taught, yes, to go down the body, and these are the hand positions you use. However, Mm -hmm. I tell my students, don't get so hung up on hand positions because, I, you know, sometimes my students will say, well, you know, I did a session, but I didn't get to do every hand position. And <laughs> I tell them, don't get hung up on that. Follow your intuition. When you're doing Reiki, when you're doing a session, just mm-hmm. do the first five because it was it, oh, it was said that Usui practiced intuitively. And just follow your intuition. And when you have to... Um, move your hands, you move your hands. If you don't, you don't. I mean, there have been times where I've had my hands in a position for one minute and my gut is telling me to move. And I'm like, yeah, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of short, isn't it? And and, and my guides are like, move. <laughs> I'll move my hands. <laughs> and then there are times where I'll be on a, a certain area or in a certain position. And I, I'm like, you know, I look at the clock and I know I'm over the five minute limit, but the feeling in my gut is just stay here. And that's what I do. So do you do the same? Do you tell your students the same thing? Or, or do you demand every hand position be used? Uh, good question. Uh, so, you know, when you're teaching someone the hand positions in level one, um, you're telling them that their guidelines, you know, the, you know, this is something like a template for you to start out with so that you kind of have an idea of, you know, all these positions um, involve all the chakras and all the major systems of the body and so forth. Uh, but I'm very um, definitely telling them this is not written in stone. If you feel like you want to put your hands a different way or, um, you know, something totally we haven't even discussed yet, then that's what you do. You follow your guidance, like you're saying, your intuition. And as far as staying in a spot, of course, you tell them in the beginning, three to five minutes. Um, But, you know, they're not really aware at that point of the sensations in their hands that much unless they're, you know, extremely intuitive. So at some point, I do tell them you're going to know that there's nothing going on here. You need to move on. Or you're going to know that there's an awful lot going on here and you're going to stick there until nothing's going on. So um, one of the things, uh, you know, you have Reiki shares, you know, that's when we all get together, the students and the teacher, and we all work on each other, right? Right. So one of the things I tell my, my students in the Reiki shares is go wherever you're guided to go, do whatever you're guided to do for as long or as little as you're guided to. Um, I had attended a Reiki share by another teacher uh, once who was telling her students, you go here and you do this and you go here and you do that and you go here and you do this and you stay here this long. And and I was like shocked because I'd never experienced anything like that. So some of those students have come to me because that person's no longer in the area and they say how grateful they are that I don't do that kind of stuff, that I allow them to just go and do whatever it is they want for as long as they want or as little as they want. So I definitely feel that in the beginning you obviously need some kind of, um, of you know, something to start with. I call it the foundation. And then right. from there, as you as you go through the, you know, if you as you go um, doing it longer and so forth, working on more people, doing the shares, then you get that sense of there's nothing going on in my hands, there's nothing going on under my hands, there's no heat, whatever, that you need to move on or you need to tweak that position just a little bit or try something different and listening to that guidance. Very important. I totally agree with you. Right, right, because... uh and that makes the most sense. Uh, and mm-hmm. like a lot of times at the Reiki shares, when I when I have them, people will come to experience it, and they're not Reiki practitioners. So they'll tell me, they'll say, oh, you know, I don't have Reiki. I'm like, not a problem, because I explain to them, and these are the, the Qigong principles, uh, energy mm. smells with energy, okay? 
So <laughs> if we are four Reiki practitioners and we have three people who are non-Reiki practitioners, you know, I make them all do the rubbing the hands together and the ball of energy first, and we do that exercise. And then I tell them, as their energy melds with the Reiki practitioner's energy, that entire energy field is going to become one big energy field of Reiki. So don't mm-hmm. worry about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, mm-hmm. since Reiki is intelligent energy, you really don't have to tell it where to go. I mean, the hand positions make sense, but then again, when you think about it, they're unnecessary because if we're being guided intuitively and if the Reiki energy is intelligent, why would you need hands positions? So I tell my students, do what you want, you know, work it intuitively. If you don't get all the hand positions done in a session, no stress, Mm -hmm. no worries. It's okay. You know, because you're being guided while you're doing the Reiki because, Really, all we are are channels for energy. So, you know, uh, yeah. that that energy is not going to make the channel misstep or, or do something wrong or, you know, have total and complete exactly. faith in Reiki. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's interesting that you said that because this uh, this person that I just redid my master teacher Karuna training with, one of the things I took away from that class was she said you can never get it wrong because the angels and the guides who are working with you are always working to correct. Our, and like if you didn't put the symbol in absolutely perfectly, you know, you didn't draw it perfectly or you didn't put it in the exact right place or you're getting, being guided to put your hands this way or put this symbol here and you're resisting, they're going to go ahead and do it. They're going to go ahead and, you know, get it, get what needs to be done for you. So you can't get it wrong, in other words. So I found that to be absolutely fascinating and um, but I do want to. I do want to pick. I want to back up for a second. You know, I understand that, that we're taught that Reiki is an intelligent energy, and even if we have our hands in one position, and the energy is needed in another area, then the the energy is going to go from where we have our hands to that to that area of uh, what we call the most need, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like. I'm kind of a skeptic on that. I'm really not sure if I totally believe that. Um, I know that, I think it was in Penelope Quest's book, or maybe it was in Hiroshido's book, where he was talking about put your hands on yourself anywhere and then just tell the energy to, to direct it to the area where you're having the problem. So, um, you're talking about Hiroshi Doi? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, you know Hiroshi Doi's uh, that book that he right. came out with. Yeah, right. So uh-huh. um, he, I think he mentioned, you know, just put your hand on your tummy. But if you have pain in your knee and you can't reach your knee, just tell the energy to go to your knee. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on a, on a little skeptical about um, if it really does go to where it's needed. So I'm I'm kind of all about hand positions. Uh, I have several friends who are Reiki master teachers, and some of them come to my shares. And one of them said she was surprised that I don't uh, do more intuitive uh, Reiki, that I am sort of, I do I do go through all the hand positions and then add in whatever I'm being guided to. Or like if someone has a specific issue, I'm going to p- pay more attention to that issue. But, that's just the way I'm comfortable with doing it. Um, again, I'm kind of skeptical on the whether it's really getting, you know, it's intelligent business. I, I don't know if I'm 100% on board with that. Well, I can tell you, being a spiritualist and being an ordained spiritualist minister, if you oh. believe, if you believe that this is spiritually guided energy then uh-huh. you have to believe that it knows what it's doing and it is an intelligent energy. Mm-hmm. So, and I myself, with, with my back issues, I know, I would try and put my hands on my lower back in the exact area where um, I had the, 
horrific pain, but mm-hmm. I couldn't always get them back there. And yeah. it was almost like trying to get into a yoga position to somebody who's just so stiff and can't do yoga. It's like, now what do I do? And my own guide said, just take your hands, put them in front of your body, corresponding to the place on your back where you have the issue, and let yep. the Reiki flow. Yeah. And it worked. It worked beautifully. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. And even at night, a lot of times when I go to bed, I'll just put my hands either like on my heart, my solar plexus, and run my Reiki, and that's for my whole body. You know, I just say, go wherever you go. And a lot of times, um, even in my sessions, what I do with my clients is kind of like an extra boost. I uh, will do the session, and then at the end of the session, I will uh, open up the channel for distance healing at that time and Mm. put in an intention that the healing continue. And I see the healing as a time capsule pill and that distance healing is released on this person each time they need it for the remainder of the day cool. or the next or the next 24 hours because you know sometimes people yeah. need uh need little doses here and there so yeah, yeah. i have this distance healing time capsule thing <laughs> time release bill that i send them off with <laughs> and uh, that's it, very it, cool yeah, and anybody can do it. You just set your intention that the Reiki be released distantly over time, and it works. Mm-hmm. It's great. Wow. So, well, uh, I love that. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, let me yeah. see. I think I'm going to take a break. You can get a sip of water or something, and we will be right back. All righty. Patty Penner. Thank you. listening to Violet Reiki Radio on the Seika Network through blogtalkradio.com with your host, Reiki Shihan Rose Jimenez, your source for all things Reiki in love, light, and healing. Hello, everybody. We are back with my guest, Patty Penner. Reiki Master Teacher, Crystal Healer, among other things, if you'd like to call in. The number here in studio to reach us, if any questions, comments, or just if you'd like to join in on the chat, is 347-677-0699. And as I say that, I see we do have a caller. Patty, we have a caller. Let's see. Awesome. 718, you're on the air with Rose and Patty. Good evening, Rose. Good evening, Patty. It's a wonderful <laughs> show. I'm enjoying it immensely. I have a comment. As you were talking about the position uh, of the hands and laying on, on you know, on, I mean, on, on myself, I'm just, you know, level one, as you know, you're my teacher, Rose, in Reiki. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find, and I do it religiously every day, sometimes two and three times a day since I've had many health issues, especially this winter. It hasn't been a good winter for me. But I'm getting there. I noticed that I put it on specific areas as I'm guided intuitively or where I have or need the healing the most. But I've noticed 
as you said earlier, I don't know if Rose said it or yourself, Patty, that if you put it in one area, even such as I just laid it on my chest, for example, but the healing, the Reiki will go through the whole body. I know this because I am not, like I said, a Reiki master like you guys. I'm only level one, but I've been, you know, all my life a psychic, medium, intuitive, and work with different healing modalities, spiritual healing. And, and I just know that it does work. I mean, I don't know if it works for everyone or certain people, but just from my own observation over the last year or so, it's over a year, Rose, that I took Reiki with you now, isn't it, or more? Mm, I don't know. It might be more because maybe you're two years in September. I think. Anyway, patriots of that class already took their level two. So right. Well, I couldn't get out there. You know the reasons why we can't. We live so far where you didn't right. have the car. I didn't have the car. Well, anyway, long story short, the thing is that I do uh, uh, have to agree with Rose's statement that it doesn't matter. Reiki is a very intelligent healing modality. It's a very spiritual, intelligent healing. I do. Agreed that they certain hand positions should be used and intuitively follow your intuition as to where you need to if you're working on someone or even with yourself. But there's sometimes I'll just put my hands on my chest because that's where I have most of my problems. I have breathing problems, mm-hmm. and uh, and just but the I have hip problems. You know, Rose, you know all the problems that I have. But the you healing will go through the whole body. It knows where it needs to go. <laughs> it's very intelligent. It's very spiritual. It's very wise. It's, and I, you know, I thank God that I decided after many years, Rose and I are friends for over 30 some odd years. And since so she got into Reiki, and I said, ah, yeah, no, one day, and I used to have a church in Carnegie Hall office buildings where we had Reiki Center right there down the floor below me. But I could never get to the different uh, meetings or lectures or classes because I was having my own classes I was teaching and my own services. So one day, but God by the will of God and the gods of the beings to be, my best friend got into Reiki, and I decided to take Reiki with her. And I thank God for that day. And that's my comment. And I want to commend you ladies for your wonderful work. Uh, and it's just wonderful. I, I really get so much out of the show, Rose. And, you know, I love you dearly. And I'll leave you girls to continue, you ladies, excuse me. I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> and you okay. young ladies to continue your, your wonderful show, and I'll listen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. Thanks for calling, Joseph. Bye bye. You're welcome, dear. Bye bye. Bye. Oh my God. Yeah, he is. <laughs> we're friends for 32 years, and basically, he's the oh. one that got me um, working with my uh, psychic ability and my spiritualism and everything. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, Joseph was the one that we used to do uh, group sessions and seances and things. And I would give you really bad migraine headaches. Mm. after one of those events and I say to him you know I've got this terrible headache and he said mm. to me he's like what messages are you not giving people I said what do you mean Ooh. and he said you get headaches when you hold back the information that spirit is trying to deliver through you and I would say to him but Joseph it doesn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, never mind, never mind. You know, that's where the ego comes into play where you're, you're, you know, you're saying to yourself, I want this person to think I'm an idiot or like I'm, I'm lying or like I'm stupid or like, like, a nut job, right? right? Or a nut job, exactly. <laughs> So, you know, you're all like, I don't want to be embarrassed. And he said, just never mind, just give the message. And, you know, right away when I started doing that, I noticed I'd never get headaches again. Because sometimes I would see the strangest stuff with people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this person is going to think I'm off my rock. Because I just knew that the person was going to say, no, I don't know anything about it. It doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, oh, God. But, um <laughs> Yeah, I used to start giving out the messages, and I would say, like you said before, you know, I, I would say to the person, okay, this might not resonate with you now, or it might not mean anything to you now, but a couple of months down the road, six months, a year, or whatever, you know, you may remember this very message. So just, just take it and file it, you know, in the back of your mind. And that was the end of my migraine headache. Yep. Ah, so, very interesting. I oh, yeah. have a I have a comment on that though, but what if you're hearing that somebody's going to have a heart attack or going to need bypass surgery, or they're actually I've actually heard my guides have said somebody's going to pass away. Are you do you feel that you need to be passing uh-huh. that kind of information on? Ah, funny you should bring that up, my dear, because <laughs> I had a client 
who, she's a Reiki client of mine, but she and her daughter also wanted to come for a psychic reading. And I said, okay, fine. And I was going to book both of them. And this is around Thanksgiving. And everybody's on Facebook, right? So I'm looking around, and they had put up Thanksgiving photos. And I looked at a photo of them and her mom. And I know her mom's been very sick for a very long time. And I Mm. looked at mom's photo and went, oh, God. And... I knew at that time, mom really doesn't have a long time here with us. And did you see the way spirit works? It's funny. Um, She called and she said, oh, you know what? Um, I was going to get the reading for my daughter with me and what have you, but um, I don't have enough money for both of us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have her come to you and I'll wait. And I got to tell you, after when she said, I'll wait, I just looked up and said, oh, thank you, God. Because <laughs> I, went, I didn't know how I was going to deliver that message to her. Right. And then her daughter came for the reading. And about maybe four months later, I spoke to her again. And we revisited. And I don't know how we got talking, but we wound up talking about her mom. And... She, and, and this is why I always tell people, don't rush, don't push anything, don't rush anything, just mm-hmm. let everything unfold like a flower. You know, if you, if you see a flower and it's a bud and you try and pull it open or rip it open or make it open, it's not going to work. It's going to die. But if you let the flower unfold on its own and you have the patience to allow, then things work out fine. The daughter when she spoke to me four months down the road, was in a better place to receive the message that mom's not really going to be coming back from this illness. She's she's in a, a really uh, critical state, and her health is going to continue to decline. Hmm. So, And if you say it to somebody that way, unless they're a complete moron, they, they see the writing on the wall, you know? And yeah. So so that I was like, oh thank God! <laughs> I just I, I said, how am I going to tell this woman? Because when I looked at the the mother's photo, I said, oh God, she's she's going to be checking out soon, and yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to put it in a way that the person, you know, like you never would say to somebody, you're going to have a heart attack, or your mother or your father's going to have a heart attack, or you know, you learn through experience. And, and through your own guides and angels guiding you and actually telling you what to say and how to handle it, um, right. how to do it, you know? Yeah. Because funny enough, I had gone to Joseph 32 years ago as a reader to find out if my father was going to be leaving us because mm. um, my dad had a large cancerous tumor in his intestine. And the doctors operated. They said they took out a tumor the size of a baseball. And I remember all my messages come through my right ear. I'm clear audience, mm. and the messages come through my right ear. So I have the mm. phone on the left ear, and the doctor is saying in my left ear, we believe we got all of it. And in my right ear, I hear, no, they didn't. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, please don't let this be true. So I went looking for a reader, and Joseph came recommended. And I went to him, and I was like, well, I want to know, yes or no. And he did not tell me either yes or no, but however he put it over to me, um, he kind of confirmed that what I heard, what I felt, was inevitable. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah, um, yeah. so uh, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you. We're talking about this, and... um, Uh You have students who say, like, Joseph, Joseph is highly spiritual. Joseph is highly advanced in his studies and his in his energy work and whatever. He, like, just sucks up level one like a sponge. Um, yeah. I usually have a waiting period between my classes. But for yes. people like psychics, intuitives, healers who do other energy work, I, I kind of have a sliding scale. They don't have to wait the required uh, amounts of time in between classes. Do you do the same? Do you advance your students based on what they know and you don't stick to a rigid waiting period? 
Um, I I have a policy that it, it is none of my business. When the student uh, advances, it's totally up to them um, because I feel that if I were to say I want you back here in three months or two months or six months, that um, it's unethical, in my opinion, for a teacher to do that. So what I tell them is, you know, you're going to go through your 21-day cleanse after the attunement. So you've got to wait a minimum of, I always say, 30 days before you take another class. Um, but I do advise, especially level one, to wait about six months to have their systems adjust to the energy and learn all about using the energy. But I totally leave it up to their discretion as to when and if they want to move up. Now, see, I had I had a situation like that where a woman came to me. She wanted to take master level, hmm. and I didn't know her. She was from a South American country, and she had seen my yeah. website, and we were talking. And let's just say, for example, she was from Colombia, and um, she was very interested. And she was here in the United States. Something about her son lived here. She was visiting, what have you. So she said to me, I'd love to take master level with you. I said, okay, yeah. I said, I'm going to need proof of your certification, um, mm-hmm. and I said, um, why, though, do you want to take it with me? Why don't you want to stick with and take it with your own master teacher? And what? she said, oh, you know, I just I figured since I'm here, I would do it. I said, okay, when did you receive your level two certificate? And she said, last month. Mm. And I will not progress anyone to master level within a month of taking their level two attunement. And uh, my students have to wait six months between their level two and their master level. And then again, it depends. Somebody like Joseph, I wouldn't have him wait for six months. I would do Joseph probably in three months or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I kind of just got the feeling she wanted to get that Reiki master certificate which is the reason why she wasn't going back to her master because her master probably had a waiting period. And uh, she figured, well, I'm, I'm in the United States. I'm in New York. Maybe I can get it from, from Rose. I'm like, nah, don't do it. Sorry. <laughs> so, no, no. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because we ha- I have a totally different uh, – well, my teacher had a totally different philosophy – about what you do with people who want to take upper levels of training with you who haven't, you know, trained with you before. So we make them retake everything and reattune them to all the levels that they already are before we would um, attempt to to take them to the further levels of training. All right, the well, reason I gotta... why we... You gotta go. I got, I got no. I got an email from uh, a man who said he took his Reiki training in India, but he uh-huh. let me know that in India they do not give certificates, and I'm like, this uh-huh. sounds right, because he probably knew I was going to ask him for a copy of his certificate. Uh-huh. So I wrote to a colleague of mine in India, and I said, you know, I've never asked this before. I just kind of took it as, you know, yes, you do. Do you guys issue certificates upon completion of the levels? And he wrote back. He said, of course we do. And I'm like, (laughs) Some people just don't want to work hard for it. They just want that pretty piece of paper that says they're certified. But, you know, you have to put in the work. Yes. Most definitely. uh, like I tell people, I'm not in the business of uh, giving out certificates. I'm in the business of teaching and attuning Reiki practitioners. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. So, uh, all right, my dear, we are, well, we went past our time. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun having you on. And I, I wish you the best of luck. And I hope your business keeps growing and growing and uh I guess I'll see you around the social media. I think so. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for being here. Take care. Thank you all for listening. Have a lovely weekend. And I wish you lots of love, light, and healing. Bye.